It's Pastor Dallas is uh, he's off this week, and uh, they welcomed Novella had her baby, so they welcomed another grandchild just uh, just yesterday. Dallas said he goes, it was so fast she started her labor, and within an hour, that baby was born. He goes, it was great. He goes, I didn't have to sit at the hospital. I wasn't all stressed. So we're glad that uh, they're doing well. All right, well, we're glad you're here with us today. Today, I'm going to talk about one of the most powerful things that we have in this life. One of the best things we could possibly have. It's the power of prayer. It's the power of prayer. Now, if you were to ask, if we think about life and us being in a spiritual battle, there's always something going on. We're always battling our flesh, we're battling sin, the world, the devil, and there's a spiritual battle taking place. If someone was to say, now is prayer, is it an offensive weapon or is it a defensive weapon? The answer would be yes. Yeah. I used to hate it when somebody gave me a smart answer. Like, I'm like, what is that? No, prayer is for both. It, it can put us on the offense. It can also put us on the defense, and it's very important. So when, when I talk about prayer, what do you think about with your own prayer life today? So what do you consider your prayer life to be like? Are you, do you think, well, I'm a prayer warrior. I pray a lot. Or... Would you be like my friend Bill, who used to say sometimes when we'd gather together and some of us would pray, and somebody would pray, and after they were done, he'd be like, boy, can you imagine what just took place in heaven? And we'd be like, what are you talking about? He goes, because of prayer. He goes, no. He goes, they probably, all the angels gathered around and like go, Lord, was that Jim? We haven't heard from him in a long time, have we? Huh? Is that how your prayer life is today? God wants us. He wants you. He wants you to be a praying, praying person. He wants you to pray. He wants our church to be a praying church. And he wants to bless and help your life. And he also wants you to be able to pray and bless and help others in this life. Right? So we're going to talk through quickly through four major points today. If... If Jesus' own disciples looked at him one day after the Lord had been praying and said, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? If they were that way, surely all of us could use a little reminder or a little lesson of what it means and how we should pray. Some of, it, some of you are very intimidated by the thought of praying, and I don't want you to be. God doesn't want you to be. There's a simple structure to praying. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about how to be more effective and consistent in our prayers. Isn't it amazing? A day goes by, a week goes by. You're like, oh, I don't think I've prayed very much. It goes by so quick. I want to talk about ways that you can be more consistent and more effective in your prayers. We're going to talk about God's response to our prayers. Our prayers always answered instantaneously and with the best yes you could ever imagine. So we're going to talk about that. And then lastly, we're going to talk about the power of praying in the name of Jesus. Just like 
The world sometimes is offended of the name of Jesus. Why? Because he's God's only son, and there's power in his name. We're going to talk about that as well. So if you would, open your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. And it's going to be our primary passage today. There's just a couple other verses we're going to look at, but you can kind of keep your finger, stay right there. We're going to start out Luke chapter 11 in uh, verses 1 through 4 here. Let's pray. What are we going to do? We're going to pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you, and I pray that you bless each person that's here today that took time out of their week to come worship you today. And I pray, Lord, that you will show us from your word that there is joy and blessings and power that awaits us to help us get through this life and all the struggles and temptations, the sins and the hurt. God, you're just a prayer away. We pray that you be with us today. Speak to us through your word. May your Holy Spirit reveal things to us in a great way today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples, and this being John the Baptist. John the Baptist had his own people that helped support his ministry as they were preparing for the Lord. So it's interesting when I say some people, some of you might feel uncomfortable about praying. How do I pray? How do I go before God and pray? It's interesting that the disciples who walked with Jesus said, Lord, how, teach us how to pray. Very simple. A few things here we're going to talk through real quick. The Lord's Prayer is this is kind of considered the Lord's Prayer. It's also mentioned in uh, Matthew chapter 6. And uh, for today's purposes, we're going to stay right here in Luke. And he said to them, this is Jesus speaking, when you pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So prayer, our prayers, the example that God gives us here that the Lord Jesus gave the disciples and gave to us is a focus on God Almighty. You are God of the heavens, God Almighty, the creator. Just like our church service, just like our church service, what do we start with? We start with praise. So often it's so easy. How, how often does your prayer life become like a shopping list? <clears throat> I need this, I need that, I need this, I kind of need this too. And if you could help me out with that. And then, oh yeah, Susie, she really needs your help with that. And then we're done. <clears throat> Jesus said, the first thing you do, remember the great privilege we have. It's so different since Jesus came. There's no temple that the priest has to go in for your behalf and pray for you. We get to go directly to God. But we need to recognize who he is. He's a holy God. He's holy. And if you start off your prayer by praising God and recognizing who he is, it sets the tone. 
God said, praise his name. Recognize the Father. That's the first step. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we have to remember that sometimes when we pray, of course we're praying about things that are meaningful, they're purposeful to us, but we also have to think of God's kingdom. And when I'm praying for something, I'm praying with my own earthly eyes and sometimes I only see that far in front of me. But God, as he looks over his kingdom, he sees the whole picture. And sometimes what we don't know is I, I think of like revolutionary war times. And when the battles would take place, they would often take place in a valley. And the generals and the commanders who were in charge of the units would be up higher so that they could see the battle taking place. The soldier, he's told what to do, and he's right here in the midst of battle. And he might be saying, all right, that guy's three times as big as me. He's ugly and he's mad. I really don't want to go forward. <laughs> but the general up on the hill says, if we just get through that line, if we just break through that line, I don't want to face it, but the general sees that there's a better plan. As soon as you get through that, it's going to work out. So God sees things different, and we have to remember that sometimes a soldier has to sacrifice himself for the greater good. That's a hard part for us to understand as Christians, because we know God wants what's best for us, but we also have to be mindful. There's a bigger picture than just you and me. It's about more than that. The kingdom of God, spreading the gospel, it's more than that. And we also have to recognize that God has a will. Surely, his ways are far better than my ways. Amen? Verse 3, give us day by day our daily bread. So this is a hard passage for people to really grasp today that live in the United States. I have not missed many meals. Don't say amen. Okay? I have not missed many meals. We don't, most of us, have not really lacked for food if we grew up in the United States under a lot of the circumstances. Some of you in here have. Some of you have gone through some very thin times where you're like, what are we going to do for groceries this week? How are we going to get by? Or you've been overseas or you've been in a situation to where you just didn't have anything. So many, there are millions of people that today they're going to work all day just to have food to eat. They're going to they're do everything they can just to eat. If we experienced more of that, we'd be more grateful for God supplying our daily needs. I encourage you. This is right here. It's the Lord's Prayer. Take time to pray over your meal. I love food. I'm pretty grateful for it. I'm grateful for the clothes I have. I thank the Lord for that. I'm thankful for a roof over my head. Praise God for him taking care of your daily needs. Important. Verse 4, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The power of prayer gives you something on the offense that is so powerful. We're all facing temptation. You might face temptation today when you leave here. You might face temptation this week. 
But when you face it, if you see it coming, if you're like, oh, I feel the temptation, or I feel drawn to that, and I know it's wrong, I know I shouldn't be with this person, I shouldn't be doing this at work, I shouldn't have said that, I know there's temptation coming. Pray. Pause. Say, Lord, in my flesh, I'm likely to fall. I need you. I need you, Lord. Help me overcome this temptation. Another thing that God modeled for us, Jesus modeled for us in there. And then, deliver us from temptation is actually the second part, but the first part is to forgive us of our sins. And forgive us our sins. When we sin, we break fellowship with God. We hurt him. We hinder our prayer life. So God's telling you, come to me. I want to bless you. But please, let's confess your sin. And just take a moment and reflect and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to lie. I got caught in the moment of it. Ken, don't want to be a liar head, right? That's right. I'm sorry, Lord, I shouldn't have lied. I shouldn't have said that. Ask for forgiveness. Clear that channel up with the Lord. And then the second part about that is it says, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. You know, sin and debt kind of interchanged in the Lord's prayer. When there's a sin, there's a debt that has to be paid for. We know Jesus paid it. When someone hurts us, people are going to hurt you. They're going to hurt you. Just like Denise shared up here with us last week, her father hurt her so bad that there was a period of time where she said, I didn't care if he lived or not. We need to forgive the others that wrong us. Right there, Jesus' example. Ask for forgiveness and forgive those who do wrong against you. Lead us from temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So, how can, we, how can we be more effective in our prayers? Here's an example. Just, and please remember, when we look at the Lord's Prayer, it's not something that's just meant to just be mindlessly recited. It's just an example of how we go about our approach to the Lord. It's how to have a powerful and meaningful prayer life. So we're like, Pastor Ben, how do I, how do I get better at praying? Or how do, how do I pray? I saw the example, but what do I do? You know, I think of... Um, I think of Zach, and I saw a video Lori showed me where he was teaching Zoe to ride a bike. And when you teach someone to ride a bicycle, a little one, and they get on there, and it's so scary the first couple times you're on the bike, what's the one thing you say to them? Just go ahead. Just start. Just push the pedal down and go. If, you're, if you don't have a prayer life or it makes you uncomfortable, just Start it out. Just push the pedal down a little bit. Just say, Lord, I'm just going to reach out to you and pray. Just start it out. One thing to do to have a more effective life is to start it. Then once you've done it, just like riding a bike, pretty soon that shaky part, you're not sure what you're doing. What do I say next? What do I do? Pretty soon you're just cruising right around. You're praying for everybody. You're praying for your mom. You're praying for your cousin. Praying for your neighbor. Praying for the worker. Everything's covering all. You're just covering it. Why? Because you started practicing your prayer life. One thing that we often don't do is we forget. So for some of us here, it's best to schedule a time to pray. And when I say that, it doesn't mean like, 
All right, excuse me. You're going to all have to leave the room. It's 310, I pray now. It's not what, not what it's meant by that. But I, I want you to have a scheduled time if it helps you be more consistent. If you're a morning person, pray in the morning. Pray on your way to work. I had a season where I had a long commute to work for many years. That was my time with the Lord in the morning. It got me started on the right foot. I had a good time to pray. If you saw me drive, you'd think, does he have his eyes closed? But I didn't. Pray. If, if it's at lunchtime, take that time and pray. If you're a night person, maybe the last thing you do at the end of the day is reflect on your day, recognize God for who he is, and take that time to pray. Schedule it. Because the day will go by quick, the week will go by quick, and you'll think, ah, I didn't really pray like I should have. I want you to pray when you're prompted by the Holy Spirit. So what do you mean by that? Have you ever just been sitting there, whether it was at work, at school, been alone, and somebody came across your mind? Just out of the blue, just they came across your mind. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit works that way. There were a couple months ago, there's friends of Lori and I's, and I don't even know why, it was in the middle of the day, their family and their daughters came across my mind so strongly that I was just like, okay. And I just stopped what I was doing, and I prayed for them over and over. I have no idea what that was about. But I really do feel the Lord wanted me to pray for them. When someone comes across your mind or you're thinking about them, boy, I know they're hurting today. Pause, pray for them. That's the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk about something else that's really powerful. When you leave here, remember you go into your mission field, wherever it is. The office at work, the construction site, school, your neighbor, your family. That's your mission field. So another way to be, have an effective prayer life is tell someone, I'll pray for you. Over the years, I've had people who did not want to hear anything about my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But when they faced difficulties, when they were hurting, and I, and I looked at them with the love of Jesus, and I said, I'm going to pray for you. It's a powerful thing. And most people will receive that. Take that opportunity. That's a powerful witness for the Lord. Tell people you pray for them. All right, now how many of you have said, all right, Dottie, I'm going to pray for you. I got this. I know you got your surgery coming up. I'm praying for you. And then, oh, a couple days go by, you completely forgot. We do that. So I want, I want to help you with that. When you tell someone you're going to pray for them, there's a couple ways to go about it. Write it down. If you're a person that lives on notes, write it down. This right here, this is what I do. I go to my calendar and I'll say, give me just a minute. I put it in my smartphone and I'm like, oh, Darla's having surgery this week. What time is it? And I put it in my phone so that when I look at my calendar ahead, I see that she has something important going on and I need to pray for her. And then when the moment comes, it pops up so that I don't forget. And then I remember. That really helps me. It's a great tool. Write it down. Put a reminder in your phone. What's the other thing that you can do? This is huge. 
You want to have an effective prayer life? Pray right then. Pray right then. When I see the prayer request come across the City Church website and I get a notification, folks, I'll be honest. I'm going to get busy and I'm going to forget. So I really purposely, when I see that prayer and I open it up and I read it, whatever I'm doing, I just stop. And I'm like, Lord, they've asked for your help. I want to pray for them right now. When someone sends you a text and say, I really need some help, will you pray for me? Sometimes I'll just say, I'm praying right now. And before I do anything else, I bow my head and I begin to pray for them. Sometimes, even with, when you're with them, when you're with someone, and you say, well, I'm, I'm going to pray, pray for you, sometimes the Lord might lead you to pray with them right then. At Comdoc, I pulled a lot of people in my office, and I, I said, Lim, it would be okay if I just prayed with you right now. That's powerful. That's powerful. You're interceding on their behalf and taking them to God the Father. Some of you go, oh, that freaks me out. <laughs> and what would they say to me? What would they say if I said that? Try it. You'll be amazed how many people are open to that. You'll be amazed. So let's talk about God's response to our prayers. So, Debbie, just pop up just this segment of James 4, 2. And you, folks, you don't have to turn there. I'm only reading one line of it. I'm not taking it out of context. You can go to James. You can read it all. It's about prayer. But one important thing I want all of you to remember here today. It says, you have not because you ask not. Sometimes, sometimes all you got to do is ask. Lord probably sees us sometimes and we have this need, we have this hurt, we have this problem, we have this illness, we have these things going on and we just keep going and he's probably like, I know your request. I know it before you say it, but I'm in a relationship with you. I want to commune with you. Let me hear your request. Sometimes God just wants to hear it. You have not because you ask not. Now what is God's response to our prayers? Some of you, some of you don't want to pray because you're like, I tried it. I didn't get the answer I was looking for. God didn't hear my prayers. Statistically, some of you feel that way. And I'm going to beg you, please rethink that process. God sometimes will answer. You have not because you ask not. And you bow your head and you pray. And sometimes it's instant. God will answer your prayer right then. And you'll be like, that is amazing. Sometimes you have to wait. Sometimes it's an hour. Sometimes it's a day, a week, a month, a year, 10 years. You know, Pastor Dallas said time doesn't mean anything to God. He created time, so it's a little different. 10 years, a decade or more might go by, and you have to wait. Why? Because I only see this much. But God's up here. He sees the whole picture, and he knows what's best. My, uh, <laughs> sometimes the answer is no. 
So as a parent today, do you always give your child whatever they ask for no matter what? Is it always the right thing for them? Folks, I was absolutely crazy when I was driving when I was 16 years old. I don't know what was wrong with me now I look back about it. I was absolutely nuts. Now, if my father knew some of those things, and at times, in a beautiful summer day like today, and for me to take the car out and go out with my friends is a great thing. But if he took the keys from me and said, no, not today, why? Because he loved me. I was the guy that would see how fast that car would go, how quick would it take a turn, how long can I get it up on two wheels? What? I was so dumb. (laughs) How many times did we go before God and we're like, Lord, this is what I need. I need it. Please give it to me. And God lovingly says, no, you can't. It's not the best thing for you. You're not going to be able to handle it. It's not the right thing. Sometimes it's no. So God's response to our prayers, can our prayers influence and change the outcome. Do you believe that our prayer can change the outcome and influence things? Amen. Let's look back here at Luke chapter 11. Lord Jesus just got through telling his disciples the example of the Lord's prayer and how to pray. So now he goes into a parable and it's a quick story. And actually this story is kind of funny at face value. Verse 5, chapter 11, Luke chapter 11. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. Isn't this a funny example of what the Lord shared with his disciples that day? So let's modernize it a little bit. Let's think in terms of, actually think back first about this time. You're like, why would the Lord use an example of someone coming to their house at midnight? Well, sometimes back in that time, people would travel after the sun went down because they're in the middle of the intense sun. Sometimes today, if we say, hey, let's, uh, I'm going to come meet my friend in Columbus. All right. My GPS says two hours and five minutes. I'll see you then. Well, when you're on one camel power with no air conditioning, you're on a journey. So people showed up all different times. And so I love this scenario. It just makes me laugh. So Jesus is saying, a friend has arrived at your house. It's midnight. So let's pretend Mark Ogletree shows up at my house. He's been a long trip. Ben, I came all the way from Florida. I haven't stopped. I got no place to go. I'm looking forward to seeing you. And man, am I hungry. So I'm like, oh, man, Lori and I have not gone to the grocery store for a week and a half. I don't even have milk. <laughs> I mean, our cu- we are bare right now. We've been talking about going forever. And so I go to my neighbor, my other friend, and I go to Seth's door, and I start knocking. <laughs> Seth probably rises from his sleep a little bit, looks at the clock, and it's like midnight. And I go, Hey, Seth, Mark's in, and I don't have any food. I want to help him out a little bit. I know you were at Sam's Club earlier. I saw that big family pack of hamburgers and that three-foot Italian loaf. 
Can you help me out? So that's like, no, it's midnight. My kids are in bed. I got my Snuggie on. Go away. What is wrong with you? The story is funny. So, but here's the key. We're still talking about prayer. Verse 6, or verse 8. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Do you ever think that? I've read that over the years, over and over, and I never thought about it quite that way. If I kept knocking, Seth, come on. Help me out. I'm not going away. I need that burger. And I keep knocking, and I keep knocking. Seth's like, oh, I might as well get up and give him what he needs to help his friend out. Jesus has given us this example of our prayer life. Did you ever think of it like that? Sometimes the Bible says the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. The fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Larry Long will tell you, I want you to pray feverently because this is important. I'm having surgery. Pray feverently. I got, I'll do that. I'll try to break out in a fever sweat. I'm praying so intently. The fervent prayers. What does that mean? I keep praying. I keep praying. Why? Sometimes God just needs to know you are serious about this. It means something to you. Do you think, you ever think about, I can change and influence the mind of God? What? Me? A worthless sinner? I have that kind of power in prayer? You do. When Moses was up on the mountain, he was getting the Ten Commandments. The Lord was so upset with the people of Israel because they're building a calf, all the things that are going on, and he is like, Moses, that's it. I'm done with them. And Moses pleaded with the Lord, and it said the Lord relented and went back on what he said about destroying them. Moses was talking to the Lord. That's what we do when we pray. Right? To think that we can influence God. Sometimes, though, sometimes we have to pray over and over and over because it's not God's mind that needs changed. It's mine. Maybe my motives are selfish or I'm just not seeing it the way I really need to look at it. Sometimes that's part of the reason. <clears throat> Turn to one last verse here this morning. John chapter 16. <clears throat> Verses 23 through 24. John chapter 16. <clears throat> Again, this is Jesus speaking. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. And let me, let me just read it in the New Living Testament. At that time, you won't need to ask me anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your request because you use my name. 
You haven't done this before. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Why does the name of Jesus offend people? Because he is the son of God. And unless you're willing to look at your humanity and your sin and recognize that you were fearfully and wonderfully made by a creator, you're going to reject him. And Jesus said, there is power. Never before had this been said. He said, it hasn't happened before. You haven't prayed this way before. But now I'm telling you that if you go before the Lord and you follow the model prayer and now you say, in Jesus' name, I pray. I'm going to ask the praise team to come up here. Folks, I don't want you to confuse something. I've heard people say to me over the years, God hasn't answered my prayer. And I'm like, well, in what way? So I have this loved one. I have this friend. I have this family member. I have been praying for them over and over and over, and they're still not following God. They're still living in their sin. And they're like, God doesn't hear my prayer. He's not answering it. Church, remember, when we pray for a loved one who's lost their way, or who has never even found the Lord, we're interceding on their behalf. And the Bible tells us that God is long-suffering. He doesn't want any to perish. He doesn't want it either. And I believe that as we pray for someone who's in a bad way, and we continue to pray over and over, that God is hearing our prayers, and he's given them more opportunities. One of my brothers here was talking about his brother last week, and he said, he was really bad shape, but I feel like God's given him another chance. There's a second chance. There's another opportunity. But remember this. God created us to have a free will. I can't accept the Lord Jesus Christ for you. You can't have your father turn from his ways or his drug life and follow the Lord Jesus unless he chooses to follow the Lord. You can't do it for your son or your daughter. We're given a free will. But don't think that your prayer is not powerful and meaningful. Don't be discouraged when God doesn't answer your prayer exactly the way you felt it should be answered. That's why I used to still do is pray sometimes, God, this is what I want. I prayed for a couple here just last week. And they were trying to sell their home. They've been trying for a while. And I prayed and I said, Lord, we're asking that their home will sell so they can move on to what they feel is next. I said, but that's what we're asking for. But God, if that's not what's best for them, then we'll trust you if you say no. Amen? Folks, there's power in the name of Jesus. And there was cards sitting on your chairs when you walked in. I want you to take a moment. And I want you to just write down a prayer request that's on your heart or on your mind. If today we weren't talking about prayer and there was something you thought about or you're thinking about right now, I want you to put that prayer request down. I want you to write it down on that piece of paper. There's some pens back there on that table. Ask your neighbor if they could share a pen. Take that card and write the prayer request on there. And just how we said, sometimes you have not because you ask not.
We want to take together the prayer requests that are here, that's on your heart, as a church. You want to corporately all, I want you to bring them up. Just drop them, drop them in here as we sing this song. And just say, Lord, I'm just taking this request and I'm putting it at your feet. I believe you. I know you answer my prayers. And in the name of Jesus, I want you to work in this prayer. So let's stand as we sing this song. That's a little different. That's okay. Don't be embarrassed. Sometimes uh, over the years, people would be embarrassed to pray out in a setting when they're with somebody. I'm not going to pray out loud in a group. But what happens the first time they do? Sometimes those are the most beautiful prayers I've ever heard. Because they're not churchy words. They're nothing rehearsed. They come straight from the heart. That's the prayer that God's looking for anyhow. So as we sing this song, in the powerful name of Jesus, bring your request. Let's put it at the feet of the Lord. And in Jesus' name, we'll believe that he's going to answer those prayers.
Death could not hold you The veil torn before you The silence, the boast of sin and grave The heavens are roaring The praise of your glory What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. You have no rival, you have no equal, now and forever God you reign. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the glory, yours is the name. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Church, let's bow our heads. Folks, if you're here today and you've never prayed the most important prayer that you could ever pray, if you've never had that moment where you say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I know you died for my sins. Please forgive me of my sins be the Lord of my life. If you've never prayed that, or if you're just not sure that you've done that, we're going to pause for just a moment. I'm going to ask you to come forward. Instead of when you pray, instead of just praying to God, you're praying to God the Father once you become his child. And your life will never be the same. It was a little awkward for some people to come up here and put their prayer request here. If you feel that you've never done that, don't put it off. Come up right now and I'll pray with you. The most important prayer you've ever prayed. Come now. That invitation is still open. You can come see me. You can come see Reverend Ernie at the end of this service. We'll be happy to talk to you about that further. Church, as we close this service, whatever is pressing on your life, 
whatever you're feeling, whatever you wrote on that prayer request, it's important to God. You have not because you ask not. And sometimes, church family, you just have to persevere. You got to keep knocking. And you got to trust that God knows what is best. Let's believe him right now. These requests that you brought, you wrote down, and if you thought about a prayer request saying you didn't bring it up, I want you to take it right now. We're all corporately as a church together. We're all coming together, and we're taking these requests, and we're putting them at the feet of God the Father. And we're saying, Lord, we need you. Please work on these requests. Change them. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I know that there were some heavy prayer requests that were mentioned today. I know there are some long-term prayer requests. I know there are some hurt. I know there are some fears. There are some doubts. God, we are, we are weak vessels. We, we walk around in flesh and blood. But we come together, united as a church family today. And we take these requests, we take these prayers, Lord, and we put them at your feet. And we pray in the name of Jesus that you will hear our prayers and answer them according to your perfect will. And God, we will praise you for these things when they come to pass. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this time together. Help all of us here today to be reminded how important it is for us to pray that, God, sometimes you're just waiting for us to ask. Help us to pray more faithfully. Help us to pray for those that come in and out of our lives fervently so that we can make a difference in the lives of others and in your kingdom. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.